Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Julio Gonzalez. It's May 29, 2019, the end of May 29, 2019. And welcome to the Federalist Pages number 139. And I have with me today again, oh, by special contract from Universal Studios and MGM <laughs> Studios, or maybe not, Mr. Rod Thompson. Hey, Julio, it is so good to be with you again. It's such a wonderful day to be together to talk about politics. Oh, my gosh, there's stuff because, going on. Yeah, because today is all about Mueller, Mueller, Mueller. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we're never getting resolution on We're that not going to get resolution on this, but I, I think the, um, the consensus, at least in the press, is that it's Mueller, and he just, man, he just dropped the bomb today, and we have a lot to talk about. Got lots of audios for you to respond to and our listeners to listen to, but before we do, I just want to make sure everybody knows where to go to learn more about the stuff that we're working on and to get more information about some of the things that you're writing about on my side it's www.thefederalistpages.com that's thefederalistpages.com don't forget to visit rod thompson at therevolutionaryact.com i saw a couple of articles coming out came out by you and oh. i found them pretty fascinating oh, and thank you. Uh, we may end up talking about them here later on in the week Okay. On Twitter, it's at the Federalist Pages for me, and it's at Rod underscore Thompson. And by the way, it's minus the P, T-H-O-M-S-O-N. Thank you. For Mr. Rod Thompson. Make sure you subscribe to Julio Gonzalez MDJD on iTunes and SoundCloud so you can hear us talk. And follow me on Facebook at the Federalist Pages. And for Rod, it's the Revolutionary Act on Facebook. So, Rod... Yeah. An eventful today, I, day today, I called you today around, uh, I don't know, maybe I texted you around 1 o'clock in the afternoon and said, hey, are you seeing what's going on? And what was going on was nothing less than monumental. Um, is Essentially, Bob Mueller, I, I didn't know he was going to do this until today. I, I didn't know if this was announced before and I missed it. But uh, just last night, yeah. Let, er, there, well, then I, I I came on the bandwagon just a little late, but around ten o'clock, ten thirty this morning, I heard that Bob Mueller was going to come out and state, make a statement. I immediately cringed because I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Um, and sure enough, uh, I was not to be let down. Uh, he came out at around eleven o'clock, Rod, and he had this big. Department of Justice logo behind him, and I thought, well, maybe it's not going to be so bad. Maybe it's truly going to clarify things, because if he's going to use the Department of Justice logo, then probably this has Bob Barr's blessing. Interestingly enough, I'm Bill Barr's blessing. Interestingly enough, Bill Barr is gone today. I hear he's in Alaska. So when the cat's away, the mice will play, as they say, I guess, because this was really fascinating. And uh, essentially, Bob Mueller came out and wanted to clarify certain things uh, about the investigation. He came out and said, I guess the first thing he said, which was newsworthy, was that this was going to be the, the end of the special counsel's office. He was closing down the uh, special counsel and then wanted to make some points clarifying some of the issues on the report. And uh, amongst others, he did talk about he did talk about the Russian attack. He talked about the lack of collusion, and then he came, <laughs> he came to the issue of obstruction, which seems to be the big hangup. And here's a little taste of what he said about collusion, 
and then hopefully I'll get your response on this. This is Bob Mueller this morning. As set forth in the report, after that investigation, if we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. We did not, however, make a determination as to whether the president did commit a crime. The introduction to the volume two of our report explains that decision. All right. If we would have, uh, if we would have found that the patient, that the patient, that the president had not engaged in obstruction, we would have said so. So uh, there's so much to to try and unpack from this. This is what this is a total of like nine minutes or something. Totally lawyered up. He was obviously reading it, and he does not read a prepared statement very well. That's for sure. And he was constantly stumbling. But my general takeaway on this is like his his first 448 page report, Julio, was like a, a giant ink splat out there that acted as a Rorschach test for whatever you wanted to take from it, right? And both sides took their own worldview, applied it to it, and there you had it. This is just actually, this press conference is, is another ink splat for a Rorschach test, you know, because you can sort of, Democrats can take what they want from it. The, you know, the uh, hate Trump first crowd can take what they want from it. Um, the defenders of Trump can take what they want from it. Um, I, it is. It seems to me there's there's a lot here, and I don't want to hog up your time. But but the, one of the key things that he didn't really totally clarify was whether he would have charged the president um, or indicted him um, on obstruction if it weren't for those OLC rules, the Office of Legal Counsel rules from back from the 70s, that basically forbid the prosecution of a sitting president. Um, and, and so, and, and I have more to say about that, but let me get your input on well, that part. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause I've got, I've got that. He, that's what he says next. Okay, um, go. and, and let me just play that for, for our, uh, audience. Let's, uh, here's, here he is explaining that there were two majorly bad things that went down during this meeting. One of them was, yeah, this unfortunate language that he used about, about if he hadn't, if he had found evidence against it, he would have told us, but he did it. Therefore, blah blah blah. Well, that was, the, I mean, even that was looking for a negative. I got you. I got you. We're going to get to that because you Not brought a prosecutorial up, standard. Because you brought that's right. Because you brought the other the other terrible language that he brought up, which is the language about why he didn't pursue. Why didn't you pursue obstruction? And here's what he said about that. It explains that under long-standing department policy, a president cannot be charged with a federal crime while he is in office. That is unconstitutional. Even if the charge is kept under seal and hidden from public view, that too is prohibited. The special counsel's office is part of the Department of Justice, and by regulation, it was bound by that department policy. Charging the president with a crime was therefore not an option we could consider. All right, Rod, go for it, man. All right, so then based on that, I have three thoughts. Number one, why did you even bother investigating anything? If you knew right from the beginning, because this OLC you know, has been out there forever, since the 70s, if you had determined from the beginning that there was no way to even prosecute him, why were you investigating him, number one? Number two, he could have. Because for one thing, he says they said it's not constitutional, but that's still that's not even a a, a court opinion. Um, that's um, part of justice ruling. He could have 
said that they did find sufficient evidence to prosecute, but I'll leave it up, that decision to do so, up to my boss, the attorney general. That's something he could have done, like Comey should have done with Loretta Lynch regarding Hillary Clinton, and he didn't do. That's something else that um, Mueller could have done. Thirdly, I guess, um, he could have um, charged, because two, two of the main people that were possibly um, part of an obstruction thing, and including the president, would have been Don Jr., and Don McGahn, his personal attorney, he didn't charge either of them with obstruction of justice either. So all of that sounds to me much more like a case for impeachment for Democrats um, because he knows there's no criminal case. He set out a political case, but no criminal case. This is outside the bounds of what a prosecutor should be doing. This was atrocious. This was one of the two things that I thought were atrocious. And, of course, this one, the one that we're specifically talking about now is that the reason why I didn't pursue it is because we wouldn't have been able to charge him anyway, so therefore it would have been inappropriate. A, yeah, so why even do the investigation? And he says that the reason to do the investigation, he said a little bit immediately after this statement, Rod, he said, well, the reason is to preserve evidence and to preserve data because, you know, that can get corrupted over time just in case we need it in the future. Fair enough. But... But I still don't... Except I'm not sure that's the role of a prosecutor. Well, I was going to say, except that I'm still not, I'm not convinced that that was appropriate in that if he did a, conduct an investigation because he thought that perhaps there, is, there was some law-breaking that had been done, and he thought that there was enough evidence, there was probable cause to bring charges against the president, then he should have said that. And he should have said it to the attorney general, and bam, now Barr is left with with the bag, holding the bag, and he's going to have to figure out what to do with that. But instead, what he did was he made it sound today like I, w I felt helpless. I couldn't do it because this DOJ rule will prohibit me from proceeding. That is, th then in that case, if that's the case then you don't make that statement. You just shut the heck up, which he didn't do. And the fact that he did speak in this way, in my opinion, which I think agrees with yours, is really because he is playing, in my opinion, he is playing Congress like a fiddle. He wants there to be an impeachment proceeding, even though it's a futile effort. He wants to harm the president, in my opinion, and he knows that if he goes out in a, in a bang of glory while saying, look, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, so you guys can't even, can't even cross-examine me, then he's given the Democrats all the fire that they need, all the resources that they need to proceed with the impeachment proceeding, which is what he wanted in the first place. Right, and I think that goes exactly back to his original 448-page report and why he was upset at the time with Barr for not releasing his summary early on. Now, he said in this press conference today, he said that there was no ill faith on Barr in the three-week delay, something that the Democrats had continued to try and make hay over those idiots. I mean, it's the most stupid issue you could choose, that he delayed three weeks giving them what's sitting in, been sitting in front of them now for the past month and a half or so. Um, but they still keep harping on that. And even Mueller seemed to pull the legs out from under that, saying, look, there was no, that, that time had to be taken to determine uh, what could be released, going through all the FBI re rules, et cetera, et cetera. But remember, he sent that letter to Barr saying how uh, upset he was upset that you didn't release my summary. Well, why was his summary so important? If he was just 
being a prosecutor and determining what's chargeable and not chargeable. The reason is, is because it's a political document and his summary summed up the case for impeachment um, with the overview of the salacious stuff and kind of bad behavior on the part of the president at times, although not criminal, obviously. Um, So this fits with Mueller um, kind of throughout all of this. Once he realized, I think Julio very early on, that there was no collusion with Russia, um, but that he and his team of uh, Democrat and Clinton-supporting attorneys did not like Trump and did not want him in office, um, it shifted to this obstruction of justice and looking for perjury traps and the terrible, terrible treatment of General Flynn. Um, All of this works together as a summary and then today's conference to suggest that this was political motivation. This was not all good faith. I I think Mueller could have done a lot worse. He could have been much more of a hack. But overall, I think that this is um, in in bad faith for a prosecutor and far more political than it is legal. No question. The other thing that this really does is it really puts Barr in a bind. Because if you'll recall, William Barr, when he testified before the Senate, he explained that he had a conversation (coughs) with... um, with Mueller, and the conversation it, during the conversation, he asked Mueller, "Hey, do you do, is there do we need to proceed?" And Mueller told him, "No, I'm comfortable with your decision." Number one, and the other thing that makes it even worse the direct the direct confrontation with Barr's testimony is that Barr said, "Look, even if we if we looked at the fact that even if we took away the DOJ directive." And as a matter of fact, he says, I asked, I asked Mueller if the DOJ directive had anything to do with his decision not to recommend prosecution for for, uh, obstruction. And according to Barr, Mueller said, no, it didn't have anything to do with that. Now Mueller comes out and delivers a message that, in my opinion, is decidedly different, decidedly different from the one that Barr reports Mueller uh, delivered to him, which somebody's lying here, Rod. It's either right. Barr rot lying, be, which I honestly, I just don't get that vibe, or it's Mueller either changing the truth or outright lying, which is, to me, more consistent with with the reality of the situation because I just don't trust the guy. I right, just so don't I, trust Mueller. Specifically, you know, in, in he said, uh, Barr said what he told him you said, and then uh, in his conference today, he didn't say the full-out sentence. He just kept referring to the OLC and referring to it as a guideline. He didn't say, if it weren't for that, I would. And that's what Barr said he said. So he didn't directly contradict. And the reason why I'm splitting that hair is because both of these guys are really good, really seasoned lawyers and choose their words carefully. And this was a written statement. So I'm not sure how much he's fully contradicting it. The other reason why I would I would trust Barr more, and you know, obviously we both have a bias here, but <clears throat> Barr was under oath when he said this. Again, they're both really smart guys. Right, good point. Barr would have been perjuring himself good point. Um, in this under oath, whereas Mueller, it was a letter and it was a press conference, and he can say what he wants, and he's legally covered still. Right, plus he's not going to be crossed. Right. So, okay, so those are great points. The reason why I, I have another reason, and it goes back to your, what you're saying, is that, is that Mueller has this tendency, you said, about, you said this earlier, Mueller has this tendency to deliver, <laughs> to deliver a series of Rorschach tests, allowing people to see whatever they want to, to see. And let me tell you, uh, Comey is dumb. 
And, yeah. And, he's not in their league. Kobe, he's not in Hitler or Bars League. Right. If, if Kobe delivers a Rorschach test, it's because he's spilling the paint all over the wall. <laughs> he doesn't know even how to hold the yeah, brush. Yeah, it's probably blue, not right. even black. But, Ror, but Rorschach, Bob Rorschach Muller, if he's delivering uh, ink blots, he's doing it because he purposefully wants to Correct. manipulate the system in the direction that he wants. And he is an expert because he's a seasoned lawyer. He's an expert at being able to deliver vague enough language that will that will keep him out of the hands of trouble um, in order to confuse and in order to motivate others to do what he wants. So you, you had mentioned earlier that you thought that Barr was, um, you know, this puts him in a tough spot. And uh, maybe, but I think less, I think it's, uh, it, it, neither of them is in legal jeopardy unless there's proof on bar perjuring himself. Um, I think that you can move out. Democrats won't, but they're I, they're insane. I, well, um, I, I would, let me clarify. I I okay. think that this puts Barr in a in a little bit of a bind because I think they're going to want to bring him back and subpoena him again and ask him, you know, right. what was this conversation? Because yeah, I think it, you I told think us X, and and they're going to try to get him in the perjury in the proverbial perjury trap. This is the perjury for trap sure. for Barr. Right, right, which is why I tend to believe that he told the truth when he was under oath, because he knows that, and he knew that was the whole atmosphere of things going into this. Um, the only thing I disagree with you on, just mildly, I would say that probably maybe the most unhappy person today about this press conference might be Nancy Pelosi. Oh, my uh, word. Because, and you say, you, you might have a clip from her, but my, my take on it is watching her from earlier, um, and, and I think I think I know how she might spin it politically, but she obviously does not want to impeach Trump. Um, I think she thinks that may help his reelection, and I would agree with her in that assessment. Um, I think it probably ultimately would create, um, amazingly enough, be able to create sympathy for the president, number one. Number two, um, but I don't know then how she explains to her hate Trump first base that, that they should not impeach. I think this actually puts her in a much more difficult spot. I think she's right politically, that it's bad politics to impeach him. Um, but I don't know if they can avoid it now. Well, I've got that for you, Rod, but I'm going to wait on that because before we get to the Democrats' reaction, of which Pelosi is one, and I've got another clip from Nadler uh, for you. No, yeah, Nadler for you to respond to. I want to go back to the original clip that I gave. The original clip that I gave, if you, if you recall, was where he said, where, where Mueller said, look, um, I, if I would have been able to tell you that there was no evidence of of obstruction, I would have told you. The problem is that th that that was a tragic, a, a very unfortunate statement. And I'm not saying this as the defender of President Trump. I'm saying this as a defender of law and order in our country, because when a pro because the prosecutor's role is absolutely 150 percent not not to tell us if he did not find evidence that a crime was not performed. The only job that a prosecutor has, the only job is to decide whether there's probable cause to, to, to proceed or, or not. And if there isn't, then you shut up and sit down and move on. The reason why, I want, why it's so unfortunate, among other things, not only does it turn the, the tables upside down on our justice system, one, Two, uh, not only does it bring more uh, vagueness and confusion amongst the American people who are going to be listening to this, and particularly those who are going to be listening to this uh, just, you know, uh, occasionally, not really paying close attention. But thirdly, 
because it allows people like Nancy Pelosi to use this language. Listen to this reaction that Nancy Pelosi had today at the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco. So this morning, we all heard a very patriotic American make his presentation. <laughs> yeah, patriotic. I had yeah. the deepest um, respect uh, for special counsel, well, now former special counsel Mueller, and what he had to say, and as Gloria indicated, he did say, if he saw any evidence that the president was not, um, was innocent, he would have let us know. If he had any evidence that the president was not uh, guilty, he would have let us know, but he didn't. He didn't, and I think that was very, very important. Okay, here's the problem with this for both Mueller and for Pelosi. More for Mueller, because I don't have any expectations from Pelosi on this point, is that um, uh, as I understand uh, jurisprudence in this country from the beginning and through to this day, that there is a presumption of innocence, right. that you are assumed innocent until proven guilty, which is why a prosecutor's only goal is to bring an indictment. On, and if you cannot bring an indictment, then you don't do anything. You don't say, well, he's not, uh, we, we're just, there may not be enough to charge him there, but there's not really enough to exonerate him either. Not your role. He's already essentially exonerated until he's proven not exonerated. That would be another way of saying innocent until proven guilty. Now, I get that Pelosi is going to be political, right? I mean, she's just nothing, she, there's nothing left of Nancy Pelosi but a political animal. But I would expect better from Mueller. Obviously wrongly, but I would expect better from Mueller. Well, I, I, like I said, I've, I've lost a lot of faith in, in Mueller, and that's part of the reason why I trust Barr, oh boy, just like colossally a lot more than, than Mueller. So the reaction, the reaction from the press is predictable. Of course, they're the greatest uh, political action committee in the, in the world. Uh, which is is essentially designed to to come after uh, Trump with every opportunity that they can, and then of course the Democratic opportunists uh, come out and take advantage of the situation. Here's Jerry Nadler uh, yeah. telling us what is yeah hang in there man, <laughs> telling us what his impression is uh, based on the information brought to us by Mueller. This is what Jerry Nadler thinks he should be concluding from today's conference. The special counsel has clearly demonstrated that President Trump is lying. That's it. That's oh, it, right? Wow. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah, that's, that's what we all heard, right? Clearly. Oh, absolutely. That's what we all heard. I mean, I, I was shocked. I mean, it I was heard like... Nadler's point. He also said after that that, that Barr is obviously lying, too. Well, yes, he, he, he took Barr down with the ship as well. And, uh, and, but, but look, the, the problem is... Here's the problem, is that it does not follow that the president is lying. Because Mueller could be lying, Barr could be lying, all sorts of information could be mischaracterized, both of them could have some partial truth to, to everything and still be, be consistent with each other. I mean, logically, if you're going to make that comment, then it should flow logically from the facts presented. From the facts presented, there's no possible way that you can say assertively unless you're a liar like Jerry Nadler, <laughs> there's no possible way that you can assertively say that the president is lying. Well, here, except here's the problem, is that the president 
is too often not cautious enough with the words that he uses. And so he had his initial response said that he was totally exonerated, and he said it totally exonerated on both of those. And when he said totally exonerated on both of those, when um, Mueller, unfortunately, as we were already covered, said that he did not have enough evidence to exonerate him on obstruction of justice, that is why um, Nadler is, talk about a guy that sounds like his name, that looks and acts and lives like his name. That's why Nadler says he's lying is because Trump said that, that Mueller exonerated him on this when Mueller's report says that he couldn't exonerate. All right. So and, and all the, I don't see that lying so much as just Trump being Trump as far as just spitting out words so, off the cuff. So let's uh, let's let's accept let's accept his contention and I don't really buy that as lying. I just buy that as as you know spiking the football on the goalpost. Yeah, and just uh, not being careful with his words because he's not a lawyer. Yeah, whatever. I, I, I fine. But I'm going to accept that he's lying. Let's go ahead and give Nadler that. Okay. If he's lying, if the president is lying because he was completely exonerated on both counts, then guess what? It's totally irrelevant to the proceedings because what he would be lying about is about the conclusions reached by Mueller, which, important fact, is after everything happened, after the investigation ended, and that is not an that's not a a an offense that is capturable by any law or statute. You can go out and f and spike the football if you want, or you can even claim to see something in a report that already came out and uh, and in a in a investigation that is that is sealed and interpreted in a way that nobody agrees with, and that's not illegal. There's nothing illegal about. It. The only reason to bring it up, Rod, is because Nadler th is trying to make the case that President Trump lied about his actual involvement, potential involvement in obstruction, or his potential um, involvement in collusion, which, of course, those are the foundations for a, for an impeachment uh, hearing. But I, I, if he's, if you're telling me that Nadler is 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 just you know dancing around in his hula skirt. Wait for the visual. Oh no, thank you. <laughs> if he's if he's if he's jumping around in his hula skirt because he now thinks that the president is is lying about the report after it came out, then my answer is that's totally irrelevant. That's right. that's irrelevant. That's that, there's why are you even talking about it? But here, see here, this comes back to what we were we've talked about a couple times now. This being a Rorschach test. Um, I, Trey Gowdy um, was responding to um, Mueller's. Uh, conference today um, and he said he listened to every word of the press conference and I still don't know if Mueller would have indicted the president right. without the OLC because guidance. of the Rorschach and, test that's exactly yeah right. exactly which yeah. is that's exactly right now Trey Gowdy is also um, definitely in the Mueller and Barr league as far as really sharp lawyer and um, and if he can't tell nobody can tell that what that means is that's totally on purpose by Mueller he is not this was not to clarify anything this was to continue to throw out another ink splotch and say, this is in your court, Democrats in Congress. Right. This is in your court. I have done my part for you now. This is in your court. You take it and run with it. And by the way, I'm closing up shop and going home. And don't call me because I'm not picking up the phone. All right. Well, listen, I heard, I heard, uh, uh, what's his face? Oh, man, I'm blanking out on his name. Uh, Trey Gowdy? Trey. I heard Trey Gowdy. Thank you very much. I heard Trey Gowdy say that. I saw the interview. It was like, you know, for a pretty short one, maybe five minutes. And there's only one conclusion that I came from, one thing that kept reverberating in my mind. Why are you not 
in Congress. Oh, I know it. Why is, did you? Why are you out of there? Why did you leave? You know why? It, what it shows is he and others cannot take Washington so long. It, it shows how decent a person he is, actually, as a man, that he cannot stay in um, Washington, D.C. for decades on end. Sorry, it man. rots the soul. I mean, I honestly, I, I, people part company with me on the right, I think an awful lot of Paul Ryan. Um, and I think he's another one of those guys is, look, I want to go back to my family in Wisconsin. I'm not staying in this cesspool any longer. He didn't even want to be speaker, um, you know, and I mean, he hated that place. George W. Bush could not get back to Texas fast enough. Ronald Reagan could not get back to California fast enough. But look who stays. Clinton stays. Obama stays. Obama stays. Um, so much of the state stays. That's, it's interesting. That's to fascinating, me, Rod. Isn't it? It's that interesting to me how that works because there are, I think there are people of real character who cannot stay in Washington, well, D.C. I was, I was going to tell you, well, that's when you're president. That's obviously just, you know, because but then you immediately, uh, your, your comment, your observation about Obama staying and, um, and uh, Clinton hanging around and Mrs. Clinton hanging around, despite, especially Ms. Clinton, she's been, she's been completely discredited and she's still hanging around is a massively insightful and scary statement. Okay, so speaking about massively insightful and scary statements, so I want I did want to play one more clip uh, from Nancy Pelosi because the first one we were talking about the misuse of of the language that Mueller unfortunately used, but the other one is going to be what was she going to do moving forward? And she did have some comments uh, to say, and here they are. Nothing is off the table. But we do want to make such a compelling case, such an ironclad case, that even uh, the uh, Republican Senate, which at the time seems to be not a, an objective jury, uh, will be convinced of the path that we have to take. As yeah, everybody well. laughed at that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I remember, she was in San Francisco. Like she was in San Francisco. They were not laughing for the same reason you were laughing. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, so let not. me ask you. Here's the question that I have for you, Rod. Yeah, yeah. Is it <laughs> is it possible? Is it possible that the Democrats are going to be? I mean, it is even even remotely possible that Democrats are going to be able to make such an ironclad case that even the Republicans in the Senate are not going to be able to deny the fact that the president broke the law. No, absolutely not. Impossible. And, and obviously, the, it's, that's the case just from everything we've been talking about now and all the different ways to read the tea leaves that Mueller has left out here. Um, it's uh, it, What this shows pretty clearly, and this is just exactly what I thought Nancy Pelosi would do, is say, well, this is atrocious, this is terrible, it shows how bad it is, but we can't move forward unless we know, of course, that we can win. And she knows, of course, she can't win, and this is going to be the case she's going to make to her caucus, saying this is politically, this is really politically bad for us to move forward because we won't be able to persuade the Republican Senate to do anything. She said it right out there. It's almost like she was announcing to all of her Democrats in Congress, look, we need an ironclad case or we can't move forward because she knows she can't have an ironclad case because she doesn't want to move forward. And that is going to be the final word of the day. Uh, <laughs> the ironclad case is not going to happen is my prediction. Well, everybody, thank you very much for listening. We will be back very soon with more discussion and more analysis. Keep fighting for things that are greater than yourselves. God bless you and have a great day.